listening to Satellite Sisters Talk TV. I'm Leanne Dolan in Pasadena, California, with my sister Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. This is our weekly recap of the CBS drama Madam Secretary, starring Taya Leone and Tim Daly. We are a little bit late getting this out because I had a mission out of the country, but we are we are. <laughs> you had a good excuse, Leanne. You had a very good excuse. You were trying. You were. Unlike Madam Secretary, who's able to time travel, as yeah. we've discussed on many occasions, you took a trip to Europe. I Good did. for you, sister. I did. It was fantastic. I'm happy I went, even though I missed the Madam Secretary finale. But I was able to catch up on it, and that is what we are recapping this week, the end of Season 4, Madam Secretary. And we are happy to know that there will be a Season 5, because this was an explosive show with some big news at the end. Yes, um, but, Julie, but before first, we start, yeah. yeah, before we start with the big news at the end, uh, let's start with some real big news that's real. Uh, you know, congratulations to Eric Bergen, who you know, who is our Blake in uh, Madam Secretary. Tomorrow night, June fifth, is his Broadway debut. He's getting, he's going to be in the musical Waitress. He's playing the role of Doctor Palmatter, and we just wish him the best. You know, he's that's very exciting for him. It's hard to believe he hasn't been on Broadway. I thought because, he was in Jersey Boys. Well, I don't know. That's what I, that's what his tw- I, Twitter feed says. Tomorrow's his big day, so uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should fact check that. I mean, he was in Jersey Boys, but maybe it was just the touring company. Could be. I his. All right. All right. Well, all right. You're tearing me down. No. Well, as long as we're going down, we're also we also want to mention because it's in the news. The executive producer of Madam Secretary, Morgan Freeman, who also stars as a Supreme Court justice on this show. Um, CNN has reported in the last week or so he is accused of inappropriate behavior and harassment, which is very unfortunate. We don't have any further information about that uh, either. So, all right. I have some updated information on Eric Bergen. And I feel, Julie, you are 100% correct. That is his Broadway debut. He was in the movie Jersey Boys. Yes, I knew he was in the movie. Oh, I I didn't know. I thought it was just, I didn't know. I didn't see the movie. So, So uh, that's very exciting for Blake or Eric. uh, (laughs) And it is his debut. And that would be so fun to see him in Waitress. Yes. And back to the other story. Yeah, we don't know how this is going to affect the production team at Madam Secretary. This news about. the executive producer, Morgan Freeman, but we will keep our eye on it this summer. But we are excited that there will be a season five. And so let's get to the recap of the season finale now that we've (laughs) straightened that all out. Well, I brought real news, Liam. That was actually correct. And you didn't believe me. No. You fact-checked me in the middle of the podcast. Okay. I just knew he was... I knew he was famous for Jersey Boys. And so that's... I just assumed it was the Broadway version. So I apologize. I prepared deeply for these podcasts. (laughs) So I'm a little hurt, but I'll carry on. I did some fact-checking, too, on this whole episode. I'm going to come up with that later. But, um, all right, so this was the season finale. There was a nuclear crisis, and it caused Bess to make a deep decision about her future. So here are the three storylines. First of all, the weekend. Hey, we finally get a look at what the Madam Secretary team does on Saturdays. That was sort of an unexpected start to the show, didn't you think? Yeah, I like that. I mean, again, I always like to, you know, we like to – 
the more we see about the staff in their home life, I think it is interesting to me. Yes. All right. Then we had the crisis. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this was the, the storyline that, uh, there was indication that the United States was being attacked by a, a nuclear missiles from Russia and they have to respond this hair trigger response in less than five minutes. I yeah. have to say everything about this scenario was terrifying and then some. I, I, yeah, I was, you know, cause it's not something that it's a theme that has been done in a number of different television shows and movies. I actually thought they did an, a wonderful job in this episode because you really did feel as you watch those like little blips on the screen, like, oh my gosh, they've got to do something. They right. only have a limited amount of time. So I think they created all that tension, you know, of the crisis. It was very credible to me. It was. Well, we'll go into that later. And then the aftermath, Bess, our girl Bess, Secretary McCord, she makes some enemies, including our Aunt Virginia, but she yeah. des- she decides to run for president. And yeah, that was a I great know. moment. I That was probably, that's the best mo- moment of certainly of the episode and maybe of the season, Liam. Yeah. I thought that scene um, at the Washington Monument was yeah. great. Yeah. All right, so let's just start with the weekend. First of all, what's the fam doing? What's the McCord family? They're on a forced tour of Washington, D.C. It's just highly unrealistic, don't you think, Leanne? I mean, they live in Washington, D.C. There's no way that they're going to be, that, you know, Bess and Henry are going to be able to drag those three kids around to all the monuments in Washington. It was a little unrealistic. I mean, I can see Henry being enthusiastic, but I think there's an age break. Like you have that control over your kids if they're under 18, if they're not in college, but the, you know, the college, the, the college, the fact that Stevie was there being dragged around just wasn't going to happen. I, I, right. But I understand, but it made for, it made for a good scene, a good way for the whole family to interact and to have the backdrop of all the beautiful monuments in Washington. That was very effective. Right. And it played out in the storyline when we get hit the crisis that Bess was with all her kids. So that was a particularly moving scene in the ski ball <laughs> arena. Yeah. I mean, she plays some mean ski ball, basically. Right. She looks like she has been to those those fun zones before. <laughs> okay. What what else is the team doing? Wow. Lonely guys, Matt and Jay play tennis. That seemed pretty realistic. Those two on the tennis court. I could see that. What wasn't realistic was they stayed in their long pants. Yes. And okay. Here's what I thought, Liam. I thought, <laughs> I thought the actors of Jay and Matt, they probably have super skinny legs oh. and look bad in shorts. Okay. So they told, they told, Told the director, okay, you want us to be on a tennis court? Fine, but we're keeping our sweats on. Yeah, that's a good call. Nobody plays tennis in their sweats. No, I noticed that no one else on the courts were in sweats, even though it was in a bubble. You know, they were the skinny legs, Liam. Yeah, that's what skinny, pale legs. (laughs) That's what I think that was what was operating there. Yeah, I noticed they cut away from Jay before you could see his serve. There was a little, so that's, you know, I'm not sure he actually plays tennis, but I believe that two guys like that, that's the kind of sports they would play. You know, in movies, they always play like racquetball or squash or tennis. They play racket sports, nerds like that. So Uh um, that was, that was believable. Uh, Okay. Then we have Daisy walking the dog in the park and that beagle seems to be a man magnet because she met like two different men walking the dog in the park. One at the beginning, one at the end. Waffles is doing its job there. Yes. 
Okay. I mean, she seems surprised, but these men, they like the dog and they're not put off by the baby carriage. No. Good for them. Yeah. No. Waffles. That's a cute name. I'm glad she, yeah. My my son wanted to get a guinea pig and name him Waffles and (laughs) that's a true story. And I just couldn't, oh, I couldn't do the guinea pig, but I did like the name Waffles. So, uh, so I'm glad to see that making, making its TV debut. It's TV. It's television debut, much like Eric Bergen is making his Broadway in his Broadway debut. Okay, okay, all right. So we we get the weekend set up. Oh, and then we go to the golf course and we see uh, the president. Um, uh-huh. I had to. It took me a while to figure out that was the president in the hat. I don't know why. I just did. He he looks like he's lost some hair since the last time he's. <laughs> It was a bad hat, Leon. Yeah. I don't know why they had him in the hat. Yeah. Um, well, it was it was windy out there on the golf right. course. I mean, they had them all in headwear. Poor um, poor Russell had to wear that visor. I mean, he had to make a giant decision about national security while wearing a visor. That's not very <laughs> so. And then you think we, that's that doesn't mix? No, no. national security advisors. That okay, is all right. So we have the team uh, from the Oval Office there. We have. You you explain to me who Aunt Virginia and George are. They're national. Aunt Virginia, <laughs> yeah, Aunt Virginia. She looks like the actress yes. looks like our own Aunt Virginia. Yes, that's, that's why we referred to her as that. Yeah. But she's head of the National Security Council. Okay, right? and right. then the other the other guy is Secretary of Defense. Okay, uh, so. Right. I always right. just forget their actual roles, but they both yeah. have military experience, if yes, I'm correct, exactly. right? So, uh, so that's the foursome on the golf course when the crisis breaks out. It appears that Russia is striking the United States with, you know, a series of nuclear bombs. They've launched a whole bunch of bombs uh, in retaliation for Russian deaths at the hands of the U.S. in Syria. And yeah. they are on it. Aunt Virginia, this is, she is in her element, and she calls for a code night watch. All right. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly, Julie, there are a hundred people on that golf course. I mean, where did all those people come from? (laughs) That's, I don't know, Leanne, but that's, that's in my mind's eye. That's what I hope happens. Well, I hope it never happens, Leanne, but that's the way I hope our government functions in like, you know, disaster crisis mode like that. Yeah. I don't think our government does function like that, but it lets, it's good that on TV, they can summon a hundred secret service men and airplanes and scramble things. And you have the briefcase and the football and it all happens as seamlessly as it did in that scene. Well, here, here's, here's now I'm going to bring some facts to this podcast. Um, so. <laughs> okay. Liam. You feel free to okay. fact check me. Fact I check me. I should be fact checking you in real time. Liam. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I read an interview after, um, the, this show aired with the executive producer, Barbara Hall, the head writer who we had on Satellite Sisters. And she said they proposed this storyline a year ago, but they didn't feel like they had the right amount of research. They didn't have time to fully research this. So they have literally been researching this scenario for more than a year. And they said, the writer said they got as close to they could as they could to the actual series of events that would happen. So oh. they wrote this with a tremendous amount of knowledge. So there you go. And okay, is, well, that, I guess, makes me feel better. Then. Yeah. So this this might happen, that if Code Nightwatch is called, you know, things are, you know, we will, our government will, will lock into place. And okay. if you've ever seen a presidential motorcade, maybe when they're, I mean, we had one very close to our house. Believe it or not, President Obama landed um, 
on the, at the Rose Bowl. He was going yeah. somewhere in Los Angeles. And so, first of all, three helicopters landed. And this is standard operating procedure. Three helicopters landed. So you don't know which helicopter the president's in. There must have been 50 support vehicles. You know, there's, he, he travels full-time with an ambulance and a doctor. Like, yeah, that's how the president of the United States rolls. So I, it just surprised me on TV when those people came, like, running across the 14th green. But that, it just, I think that's actually how it works. So they had Marine One down. And all we know is that they keep saying, is this the real deal? Is this the real deal? And, you know, President Brain Freeze has to make an immediate decision. And <laughs> and we know he has just come back from brain surgery, yes. Liam, right? You know, uh, where where they sort of eliminated that hair trigger response. Yes. That's essentially the, t- the tumor was giving him hair trigger alerts all the time. Okay, so um, that, that's been eliminated. So, yeah, that was... Scary, but I was like, why don't you just pick up the phone and call President Putin? Okay. Okay. Did you do that in that moment? I mean, they have five minutes. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I I guess. Did you launch? I I guess, but I I don't know why they don't. That's a good question, Julie. It never occurred to me. That's, yeah, low tech response before you, you know, annihilate Russia. Why don't you just pick up the phone? Make a call. uh, So, you know, it's pretty scary. And they decide to go for it. Like meet fire with fire. They launch a, you know, level one or something. That's we see the football. The football is really just kind of a series of codes they have to put in and he decides to go for it. But then, oh, then we get this weird flashback. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was like the Americans in the middle of Madam Secretary. Like I thought perhaps I had changed the channel by mistake or something. I was like, wait a minute. What what story? Who who are these people? Who are these people? Why are they Why are they in bed together? And yeah. what's going on here? We didn't know. We've never seen these people. Uh, it's a husband cheating with a woman, and his wife shows up at the door of the hotel motel and serves him with divorce papers. We don't know who these people are, but the husband looks terrible. He shows up at work at the Pentagon. The first thing he does is blurt out to his buddy at the Pentagon, "Oh my gosh, I didn't get any sleep. My wife served me with divorce papers," which apparently triggers uh something at the pentagon where you're uh, you you no longer have clearance like that makes you vulnerable i guess to outside influences you would think so if you're the guy with the codes yeah yeah you want him you don't want him vulnerable you don't want him in the middle of a messy divorce right Right. okay and so he walks in and this crisis is happening he walks like right in from you know the hotel room and the divorce papers to this (laughs) i mean he did not comb his hair lance no he still had he still had bedhead going on there (laughs) Okay. And so then he tries to type in his password and he's shut out. And that literally made me laugh out loud because I was like, oh my gosh, that guy can't remember his password just like the rest of us. But that... Uh, But wouldn't that that be great if that's what happened to adulterers? That they're just (laughs) cut off, Liam. Okay. All right. I digress. Okay. Okay. So once again, I'm Adam Secretary taking a strong stand against adultery as we've done in the past. So that triggers a whole series of events. Turns out the, his buddy who he's blurted out about the divorce papers to reported him. Uh, he lost his security clearance. So now we have to get another guy in there. You know, that delays the hair trigger response by two minutes, just enough time for Another guy to show up who we don't know starts running in the room screaming, abort, abort, abort. And we just don't know what is happening as the viewer. And it turns out 
that they do end up aborting it just in the nick of time because it was a drill. It was a drill that was like programmed on Friday afternoon and the backup, but then, oh, the primary system went down. So the backup kicked in. So the next thing you know, this fake Russian attack is up on the screen. See, I thought that was pretty plausible. I thought that was, you know, a scenario that could actually happen, you know? Yeah. That was good. Yeah. And in fact, I'm glad glad they could abort (laughs) nuclear annihilation. Yes. But it sounds like it did happen, right? Russell had that moment in the Oval Office. who's like, remember in 1972, it's like the same thing that happened. So, so that leads us into this whole discussion about why is this our policy? Bess wants to go to war with the National Security Council, with Aunt Virginia and George. Like, why are we doing this the same way we've done it for 50 years? We, we have dehumanized this. Like, she is in the Julie Dolan camp. Why don't we just pick up the phone? Like, right. why, why do we have these decisions that we have to make in three minutes, like mandatory three-minute things, these hair trigger, ICBMs all over the place? Well, we have plenty of other, you know, uh, missiles, nuclear missiles all over the world. Why do we have this system? And and the generals have no good response other than, well, they take the point of view, the more armed we are, the safer we are. Right. And she is not buying that. And Russell has a very good Oval Office moment there. He has a good speech there uh, and trying to convince President um, Dalton about, you know, <laughs> about, you know, maybe we should rethink this. And President Brainfreeze, he wants a pause. I mean, he just is like, okay, well, let's sleep on it. <laughs> Was that? No, well, best is not. She, you know, she takes and she does not take no for an answer. No, so she, you know, she's fired up now. Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, this is the light bulb bulb moment in this episode where she is going to get something done on this. And this is where I love TV land that she is able to like run around the world yeah. and get a treaty. You know, all in the second half of the episode. A lot is- happened. A lot happened in that, you know, yeah, that break between, uh, you know, 840 and, and 955. Yeah, it was <laughs> 855. <laughs> was, she did a lot of work. Well, she felt that she was very emotional when it happened, as you would be. There she was in the ski ball arcade with all her kids. She didn't want to go to a safe place. She said, I'm going to stay there with my family. She thought it was the end of the world annihilation. And I right. thought that was a pretty moving scene. You know, afterwards when she sort of broke down, I I can see you doing that. And then we have this example of Jay actually got whisked off the tennis court. We learn about the existence of this list, you know. Yeah, there would be a list, yeah, that they want to start a new government. Yes, I knew that, Leanne. Yes. Yes. I don't know anything. I mean, you're not on the list, Leanne. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not either. But but I knew there was a list oh, okay. so that they could re- restart the government. Yes. Mm. And so Jay, because he's, you know, Mr. Policy Wonk, I guess they need him. But Matt's, Matt's feeling pretty bad because he's not on the list. He's not but, on the list. Yeah. But Jay doesn't think it's such a great thing because it means he will have survived nuclear annihilation. And he's going to be down in a bunker for, you know, months and months with some generals eating, you know, cans of food or whatever or those med- uh those meals, those oh, yeah. MLEs. Ready yeah. to eat so, meals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so that's no, so he, he convinces him that's not that great, but yeah. Yeah. So they're all pretty emotional about it. And as Beth says, if we don't get emotional about this, like what's the point of being human? Uh, so as Julie said, she tracks down a Russian official in the Cayman Islands, just shows up at his hotel and, yeah. uh, and they're going to hammer something out. And a month later, 
They have completely changed public opinion. How do they do it? Well, this is why it's good to have Henry, the history professor and religious professor, because he said, let's use the Socratic method to figure oh, out. Yeah. How yeah, we that was a good it. reference, Leon. You're our classics major. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? It Leanne? just means sort of talking all around, like running through all the scenarios till you get to the best scenario. Really like hammering the basic premise that this can't change until you can figure out a way to get to get it to change. And Henry uses the example of the printing press. You know, what did that do for the religious reformation? It blew, it blew the doors wide open on a lot of things. Uh, but you know, reformation, science, all kinds of things. So if we get the information out to the public about how often these near misses happen, we can change public perception. So declassify and shockingly president brain freeze decides to do it. Like he's on, I, I mean, I love that, that he actually, revealed the crisis uh you know that was great what i and what i thought was totally unrealistic was bess and henry and the three kids sitting so close to each other (laughs) on the couch watching the president there is no way they would be all cozy it up like that right can you ever imagine sitting that close to me or to your brother no 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 yeah. It never would have happened. Yeah. Right? I mean, my family, we have a bigger couch than they do. So we all sit on the couch, but even three is the max on the couch. The fourth person can take some There's a no touching. No. There is no touching of your siblings no. at this age. Yes. No. So. so. <laughs> Making nachos, watching the president. So that's it. And then, and then Bess decides she goes back to the Washington Monument where they started, where we started the episode. And we see her talking up to uh, to Henry, and she just says very quietly, "I'm going to run." And he, I loved his response. I know you are like that's yes, I, I, love I know that. I did too. I yeah. love it was really the tipping point. This whole episode, her decision to run, his support, you know, and his confidence in her, her, and hopefully this means we'll see more of Mike B. Liam. That's yes. what I'm happy now that there's going to be an election because yes. I like Mike B. and his dog. Yeah, yeah. so. So it looks like next year, season five, I, I, again, done a little research, seen what the EPs have said. <laughs> you have some facts? You have some you have facts, some facts about it. They said they're not going to try to, they're going to try to roll things out in real time. So the whole season five will not be all election. They're like not going to speed it up so that in the first three episodes she wins and now she's the president. That that they're going to carry on so you can see the process, but also she will continue in her work as the secretary of state. I don't really know how that, how that works. <laughs> so that but, didn't make sense. But I'm, okay. But I'm sure they'll, meaning it's not going to be all election all the time Good. because that's a different Good. show, you know, than this. So, um, yep. and they, they said originally when they teased out this show to the network, they said, oh, we'd like her to be the president by season seven. So we can change the name of the show to Madam President. So they're just kind of moving Uh up the timeline a little bit quicker, but they decided to do that. So what we're going to get is election stuff, election best, but we're also going to get international crisis best. And then maybe we'll see, you know, people from the State Department move over. You can't work both at the State Department and on the the election team. So people may divvy up duties and stuff. So then after all this, it, you know, nuclear crisis solved, Bess is going to run. Then we go back to the weekend. We see, you know, we wrap it up with the weekend again. Uh, poor Bess has to play golf now with the president. <laughs> I thought she looked sharp, Leanne. I liked her little golfing yeah. outfit. I felt like she needed a hat or a visor. She's got a beautiful swing. Yeah, I mean, that, she does. She can really yeah. swing a golf club. Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was good to see. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and then we see the tennis is back. We see the boys playing tennis. You know, oh, Blake, we forgot to mention Blake at the top of the show, but Blake and Kat, they just work all weekend. And now Blake is diving into some heavier policy issues, right? So and that's he's, good. He's, psyched. he's super psyched. And Kat says, Blake, you've become one of us. Yeah. So he's become kind of a policy wonk and willing to work night and day, uh, to work things out for the State Department. Good. See, I, Good hope, I hope Blake goes to work on the campaign. That oh. is my hope. That he okay. becomes like, you know, the head of the campaign or campaign communications or uh, a campaign strategist, you know, so that he, le- he, he he's with Bess all the time when she's out campaigning. That's That would be my vote. I think he'd be. Yeah, you can see that he would be an excellent bag man. Yeah. You know, he'd carry around her purse yeah. and her, her chapstick and the hand sanitizer. Yeah. yeah. And her notes. Yeah. But, but oh. now that he's the policy guy, they may, may need to make him more than just the bag man. So, yeah. you know, he could be a strategist. He could be a strategist. And, and that's it. We wrapped up the season. She's running. Everyone's safe. The nuclear policy has been changed in a month. So. <laughs> I, mean, I know. That's I love the that. way it should work, shouldn't it? I know. Wouldn't it be great, William? Wouldn't it be great? But it was nice to end the season on such a high note. Yes. I mean, so many uh, TV shows, episodic TV shows, they kill someone off right. or there's a bomb or an explosion or, you know, I just something terrible happens at the end. I, I liked it that it was so hopeful. At the yes. End. You know, it's funny because I was abroad when this aired, but I saw some of the Twitter notes and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch the world be destroyed by a nuclear bomb. Why did they do this? So I put <laughs> off watching the episode, but it was, it was a very hopeful episode uh, and well-written. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Aunt Virginia though in season five. <laughs> She's off the team. Yeah. She was kind of mad. Yeah. yeah, she's not coming over to Bess's side of the aisle anytime soon. Um, all right, binders full of blouses. Julie, I think we need to talk about the blue jeans and boots combination at the ski ball. Of, yeah, it's, it's good. It's yeah. very strong. She rocked it. I loved um, the red and white striped blouse that she had on. It was sort of a sweater thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, right before she was going to be annihilated, right. um, she was... <laughs> She had a cute little outfit on. Yeah, right. good weekend outfit. That's what we all strive for. It is. But I never achieved that. No. I look like a mess, you know? But she had it all together. Yeah. Uh, you're right about that. Right. There was the, the jeans and the boots and the blazer and the, yep, she really looked good. It was good. cute. Yeah. Yep. And then when she went to the Cayman Islands, I thought she was pretty dressed up considering she was, uh, you know, just storming the gates of that guy's hotel room. But there's that I, white blouse you like and a beautiful light, uh, an island blue blazer she had in the Caymans. I, I thought that was good. Very but, strong. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else on this episode? I think that was it, Leanne. I think we really covered it and I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to uh, running for president. Are you? <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Oh, I thought you said I'm looking forward to like myself running for president. No, I thought you no. were going to declare. <laughs> Go no, for no. it. No. no, I think it'll be good. I I would like to see that. I I think the writers could do a good job with that because now we we've, we've had an example of a woman running for president. So who was the Secretary of State? Like so they can use some of that material. I'm interested to see what they do with that because they do seem to do that a lot. They do research in real life and then they bring it to the show and they change it in various ways. So I'm curious to see how that will play out. They can go a lot of different ways with that storyline, which is exciting. That's great. Um, all right. We want to mention that we do – this is this wraps Satellite Sisters Talk TV uh, for this season. For this we, season. Yes. 
We'll be back in September. We uh, usually do Pull Dark, and we will be doing the fifth season of Madam Secretary. If anything else catches our eye, we'll let you know. But, you know, we work pretty hard on these. <laughs> so. I feel like that's... I, know, I do a lot of fact checking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, we there's only so much TV we can watch and talk about, but um, you can. We'll be back in September. But if you're a, a Satellite Sisters Talk TV listener and you haven't listened to Satellite Sisters, there are many many episodes there you can listen to. We're gonna, as Julie mentioned, I was in Europe, so last week I did a whole episode on Rome, my tips for going to see Imperial and Renaissance Rome, and a travel blog post that goes with that. So you can find that at Satellite Sisters or at Apple Podcasts or at Stitcher or at Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And this week we have coming up, we have our Satellite Sisters book club pick. We're going to be talking to Allison Singh G, who wrote a beautiful, funny memoir uh, called um, Where the Peacocks Sing. And I, this looks so good, Lee, and I look forward to hearing her talk about her book, her experience, and you're going to ask her about writing a memoir, right? Yes, yeah, because she is a she's a writer. This book is about she was like a career girl journalist in Hong Kong, and she met an Indian journalist, and it turns out he was from an Indian royal family. So it's all about going to India and discovering like the dilapidated palace that the family lives in, and what that transition was like. And there's so it's a great travel book and lots of food. But, and, you know, just, it's very evocative of India. It makes you want to go there. But Allison also teaches memoir at UCLA Writers Extension. So, uh, so we're going to kind of weave in that. If you've ever thought about writing a memoir, you're going to want to tune in. She's going to give us her perspective on that. What makes a good memoir? And we're going to be talking about that. But every week on Satellite Sisters, we get something new going on. So tune in. Um, all right, Jewel, I will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> I'll talk to you tomorrow, Leanne. Yeah, I've got a fascinating story about watching power washing videos you know the new thing it's going to really relax you you're not going to have to worry about nuclear annihilation or anything just turn on your power wash i love power washing (laughs) okay Okay. save it (laughs) okay all right we're the satellite sisters don't forget call your satellite sister